You are listening to Kubernetes Bytes, a podcast bringing you the latest from the world of cloud-native data management. My name is Ryan Walner, and I'm joined by Bobin Shaw, coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be sharing our thoughts on recent cloud-native news and talking to industry experts about their experiences and challenges managing the wealth of data in today's cloud-native ecosystem. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. We're coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. Today is August 5th, 2021. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. So let's dive into this episode. Uh, my name is Ryan Walner, and I'm joined here by Bob and Shaw. Say hello. Hello, everyone. And this is a new podcast called Kubernetes Bytes, um, all about cloud-native storage and the data and wealth of information as it belongs in the Kubernetes ecosystem. So we're just going to introduce ourselves as part of the first bit. So Bhavan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. So uh, hello, everyone. Again, welcome to the podcast. We are excited to do this. Uh, just going on introductions, I'm Bhavan Shah. I'm a technical marketing manager on uh, our cloud native business unit inside Pure Storage, which is basically the Portworks team. Uh, and if you talk about some of my background, I started as a tech marketing engineer uh, working on FlexPod, which is a converged infrastructure stack. And then over the years, I've moved on from working uh, on FlexPod, which is a CI, but also hyper-converged infrastructure with VMware, Nutanix, Microsoft, Azure Stack, CI. Worked on uh, hybrid and private cloud solutions uh, with Azure Stack Hub and just some native solutions that the different vendors had when I was working for them. And then eventually over the past couple of years, I've been focusing on more and more Kubernetes solutions. So working on GKE Anthos or working on Tanzu, even before it was called Tanzu. So like working on Pivotal Kubernetes uh, Service or PKS, uh, when that was a thing, and then continuing that work with Tanzu. And then over the few over the past few years, I've gone through different certifications, uh, AWS certifications, Kubernetes certifications, and then I've been part of many communities. So I've been part of the vExpert community for the past six months, uh, six years, not months. Uh, and uh, at some point, I've been also participating in other communities like Cisco Champions and, and NetApp United members uh, and so on. But uh, if you're talking about me, I focus more on the infrastructure slash operator hat perspective. So I'll be in all of our discussions. That's where I'm coming from. That's where uh, I'll be asking my questions from. I'll try to extract as much information from any guests that we might have on the show on how it, how uh, whatever topic we're talking or discussing impacts operators or our virtualization admins. And we'll go on from there. Ryan, how about you? Thanks, Bavin. Yeah. So, you know, my career started off uh, at IBM, and believe it or not. I was uh, interning for uh, a group that worked closely with the Open vSwitch protocol in software-defined networking, um, and, which actually led me to uh, EMC uh, back in the day, uh, which brought me to Massachusetts in the first place um, to kind of marry those container and software-defined networking um, technologies. Uh, in fact, before Nasir 
Zero was ever bought by uh, VMware. We were looking at a big switch and all sorts of uh, fun technologies. And that really introduced me to, you know, containers and Docker. And it's very, very early days uh, when Simon first, uh, uh, Salman first introduced it on stage. So, um, you know, that was really what opened me up into this uh, whole ecosystem. I spent a bunch of time at a company called Cluster HQ, which um, we worked on a pl- project called Flocker, which was one of the first sort of uh, plugins for storage. Um, definitely a connector. We'll talk about connectors and what traditional storage is all about. Um, and you know, that was sort of where I found my passion with containers and storage and data management uh, in this ecosystem. Um, and for a while, you know, I worked there and decided to uh, jump ship to go try to build something. You know, we we often on the vendor side talk about technologies a lot and how to uh, implement them and work with customers, but we're often not a customer ourselves. So uh, that was fun. I went uh, worked at Athena Health for a while to build a container stack and um, eventually wound up back here at Portworks where I've been here almost a little over three years actually um, and really excited to be here at uh, Pure to do some really fun things in the community around uh, Portworks. I'm more of an infrastructure person so you know from my perspective I'll definitely work with um, you know the different uh, guests and topics we're going to cover here on sort of that perspective. Um, and yeah, enough about us, I think. Um, yeah, let's talk about what we are going to do with this podcast, right? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea behind this podcast is really to dig into the cloud native storage ecosystem. Now we'll cover topics uh, broadly in the Kubernetes ecosystem, um, but because that's where our bread and butter is, uh, we're definitely going to target a lot of those um, topics. I mean, we'll give you a, a couple examples of some of the topics we have upcoming. We're gonna we're gonna do a next episode on uh, a one hundred and one, right? So if you're not familiar with storage in containers or storage in uh, Kubernetes or what data management needs or what this cloud native storage term actually is, this is a perfect episode <laughs> for you. Um, you know, yeah, we're it's always co- good to start from the beginning. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, this is this is going to be an opportunity for, you know, uh, someone new to this whole ecosystem to really learn. And it's a good chance for us to kind of go back to the roots, you know, uh, as as you know, we are in this ecosystem uh, each and every day. It's good to go back to the roots and really understand where it came from. Um, And we're going to cover everything from uh, 
what traditional storage uh, vendors and technologies are out there versus what cloud native storage and how they differ um, and what data management really means on different orchestration platforms for Kubernetes like Rancher and OpenShift and EKS, as well as some other topics around what, what does data, database as a service really mean? What things have we been working on, uh, you know, how data protection works into uh, this whole uh, ecosystem and, and some of the newer topics like how Kubernetes is playing in sort of the edge computing model. So, you know, it'll be fun, right? Yeah, like we, we started from like the one-on-one level, but as you will see that when we progress through the, the, the podcast, you will we'll go in depth into different topics and then try to find out not just what it is, but how it can be useful to you. And we'll bring in experts from time to time to talk about those things. So Ryan and I, given our background, can focus on certain areas. But whenever we feel we need help, we'll just be the dummies on on the podcast and we'll get experts to talk about things. And we'll be just the people who ask questions uh, and share that information with you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, so hopefully it's a good opportunity for you to learn and listen and really enjoy what we have to offer here. Um, you know, one thing that we're going to do as part of the podcast is really cover um, not everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks in the Kubernetes ecosystem, but we're going to try to dig in on, you know, things that we feel if you're someone working with data or databases or data services in the Kubernetes ecosystem, you know, some of the news that comes out that we, we want to cover and we find interesting from uh, some of the sources uh, that we use. Um, so, you know, I think we can dive into that right now. Yeah, let's do it. So one of the biggest things that came out this week was Kubernetes 1.22 or 1.22. It, it, it like given the new release cycle that the community has, this is by far one of the biggest releases that we have had. Uh, I looked at some stats on Twitter and it had like more than 50 enhancements and like 13 to 15 things, I think, graduated to a stable release. Many moved into beta and alpha. And then we also had some deprecations this time. So anything specific that uh, like uh, caught your eye, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I I think in terms of this release, um, there's a there's obviously a lot to talk about here. But you know, one thing that caught my eye was really the sort of generic data populators uh, for persistent volumes are now in alpha. Um, you know, we don't use these that often, to be honest. But uh, I think they're a really cool tool uh, in terms of being able to uh, sort of bring data into persistent volumes. What, what we see. Um, in Kubernetes is sort of the evolution and sort of ever-changing um, aspects, APIs, you know, with CSI being, uh, you know, changing so often that, you know, data is becoming a first-class citizen, if not already, uh, in Kubernetes. And, you know, there's so many tools out there uh, to do some really cool and interesting things. Uh, and so just seeing that this is, uh, you know, taken to the next milestone, um, that it, it really shows just how many people are starting to work with uh, the uh, sort of data, data services within Kubernetes. And, and that's why we're here, right? Because we know that uh, from our customers and, and, and our daily jobs, that it is a real problem that needs to be solved for. And uh, it's it's not the, the most straightforward one in all the, all cases. So um, yeah. it's, re- it's great to see all these tools being being used. 
True. I don't want to sound like a broken record and like say that stateful applications are gaining momentum, but <laughs> they are. Like, if you are just getting started, maybe you are playing around with just a few containers. But then, as you progress through the Kubernetes adoption journey or the adoption curve, you will be dealing with stateful applications. So, any of the announcements that focus around storage and the topics that we'll discuss will definitely help you in making sure that you have the best infrastructure and the best solution for the different applications that you want to run. Like one yeah. of the things that caught my eye was uh, just a CSI support for Windows nodes, which moved to GA in the 1.22 release. Uh, this basically allows CSI storage on Windows nodes using the C- something called as a CSI proxy. Uh, and uh, how this enables, uh, how CSI proxy enables CSI node plugins to be deployed as unprivileged pods using the proxy to perform privileged storage operations on the node. So again, for uh, for people who are using Windows containers, for re- people who have been using Windows applications, things that have been deployed on Windows Server, uh, all of those apps that are now moving to Windows containers can leverage this new functionality. So something to definitely like dive into de- into a bit more uh, details later later on. But yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and if if you're not familiar with some of these terms that Bavin's using, like CSI and everything, we're definitely going to be covering a lot of these in the next episode, as well as I think the following one where we'll talk about cloud-native storage versus uh, traditional storage. But for those of you who are familiar, um, you know, things will make a little more sense. But, um, you know, definitely keep keep an eye on some of the next episodes if you're uh, asking yourself, you know, what in the world is CSI. Uh, um, so what else has been going on in this ecosystem? We have we have a lot going on with security, you know, in the world and uh, and with ransomware in general. You know, I saw you uh, sent over an article around sort of where Kubernetes is starting to see some of these risks. Can you tell me more about that? Oh, yeah. So uh, like if you, uh, we'll share this in our show notes, but NSA just came out with a Kubernetes hardening guide, which focuses on all aspects around how you can secure Kubernetes. And uh, right now we are just talking about Kubernetes as a whole, not storage. So if you are thinking about Kubernetes, it starts from the moment your developers start writing code or start using those Docker containers. So the shift left philosophy and the principle of least privilege obviously uh, are like the latest keywords and buzzwords that you have been hearing in the security or Kubernetes ecosystem. But then it also uh, matters, like if you are a developer, uh, you should make sure that the base images that you're using for your for building your containers is secure. Uh, it is from a trusted source. Uh, you don't want to fall prey to any supply chain attacks that we have been hearing a lot about or show up in the news and make it a resume generating <laughs> event for you. So you, you definitely want to make sure that uh, you follow all the best practices, not just while you're writing code, but then even uh, making sure that your Jenkins pipeline or your CI CD pipeline is secure enough so nobody can penetrate that and, and in, inject any faults. You have to make sure that uh, if you're running containers, you use you don't use uh, uh, run them as root. So some of those smaller things, definitely this is a guide. I think when I clicked on it, it was like around 50 pages. It, it has a lot of details around what you should be doing around Kubernetes uh, and to make sure that you have a good experience and you are secure. Yeah, absolutely. And and just for those of you who might be wondering what this what this uh, guide covers, right? Some of the big things that come out of it are really to be able to scan your containers and your pods for vulnerabilities. Don't put anything that's super old in there. Try not to, at least. Um, should be a good practice. Run containers and pods with the least amount of privilege. You know, if you're new to containers, right? 
all containers have sort of uh, the some sort of privilege and access to the underlying uh, host that it's running on. And so this is really about uh, making sure those containers only get the privileges that they need to run their application. Um, things like network set network separation and isolation, uh, using firewalls, using strong authentication and authorization, uh, log auditing, and a lot of things when it comes to scanning the whole community system, Mm -hmm. right? And I think this goes for for those of you tuning in that work with sort of data services and data management. Um, A lot of these things apply directly to that data management platform, right? We're going to be talking about uh, many different ones in this podcast, but I think every single one uh, you know, it's vital for them to have the right authentication and author- authorization. You know, do they have their own sort of role-based access control and ownership? Um, can they provide encryption for your data uh, to keep, uh, you know, data safe and sort of, um, you know, accounted for? Uh, yeah, you know, what kind and of, in yeah. transit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So all these things apply to Kubernetes as a whole, but I think uh, what we'll explore is is really that all these things apply at a more granular level to uh, your subsystem or, you know, your data management platform as well. I think it goes for a lot of things that plug into Kubernetes these days, but it's a really great report. Uh, We'll put a link to it in the show notes for sure. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I think let's move on to the next topic. I think we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, we're a little biased when it comes to Portworks. We work here at Beer Storage, <laughs> so uh, we are admittedly know that, it, uh, know that this is true. Um, but, you know, Portworks 2.8.0 just came out like a couple days ago. So, um, you know, this has all sorts of goodies in it. Uh, and we want to do a little plug for Portworks 2.8. Um, and if you're new to Portworks in general, um, it is one of the cloud native storage providers um, that you can use with Portworks today. There's free trials. There's all sorts of great goodies when it comes to uh, Portworks itself. And this release was a big one, right? We have a lot of integrations with um, our parent company now, uh, Pure Storage, um, as well as some uh, benefits when it comes to using snapshots. We're more efficient using extended and skinny snapshots. We're going to put the release notes uh, in the show notes as well. Um, and if you're new to um, sort of data management and what it means, right, there's sort of the the general how does my pod and application use storage and, and, and those data services, like how is it highly available? But then there's data protection, right? So uh, we have something called PX Backup, which 2.0 just came out as part of this uh, release for 2.8.0 as well. And there's a lot of great goodies in there. I know uh, you've been working with Tanzu a lot, Bavin. So maybe you can <laughs> talk yeah, about that both, a little bit. Yeah, uh, both 2.8.0 and uh, PX Backup 2.0. Make, make sure that if you're using Tanzu or even thinking about using Tanzu, how can we provide the best data services, best solution for data services for Kubernetes? So uh, going back to points that Ryan highlighted already, like replication and high availability, but also making sure that when you're running your stateful apps on Tanzu, you have a solution that can help you build robust DR solutions. These can be synchronous or a Metro DR topology or asynchronous. If you want to use PX backup, how can you perform local backup and restore by using an on-prem S3 object store? So if you have accidental delete, 
deletion or data corruption, you can restore quickly. Or if you want to use PX Backup 2.0, uh, you can basically use your Tanzu cluster and point PX Backup to it and then restore your applications, not just on-prem, but also in, in any of the managed public cloud solutions. So going from Tanzu to GKE or going from Tanzu to EKS, all of that is supported. So again, if you're looking at Tanzu, you should definitely look at Portworks uh, with all the new integrations that we have built in. Yeah, absolutely. Tanzu is a really uh, fun and interesting new uh, platform. I mean, there's so many to choose from these days, and and wherever you're running your databases, you know these these are the type of things you need to think about. So definitely take a look. Uh, you know, one of the things I've been uh, playing around with is I have a Raspberry Pi here in my office, and uh, one of uh, one of the features we have is something called shared uh, v4 uh, service volumes, which is really just putting a Kubernetes uh, load balancer and some access controls around a shared volume. Which you know, if you've used other uh, uh, storage platforms. It's like an NFS volume. Uh, and you can access these things uh, at various locations in your data center and even at the edge. So uh, we, we've been experimenting with connecting uh, one of these shared volumes over to a Raspberry Pi and uh, capturing some of the humidity and temperature um, from my office, actually, where uh, we're doing this podcast. And surprisingly, I went I went at PTO uh, last week and um, my office got to like 82 degrees, which, you know, <laughs> without capturing this data, I, was, I, I knew my my Nest thermostat was doing some things. But I'm like, wow, you know, I don't know if that's great for my office to be that warm, but it's, it's on the it's on the uh, high floor of my my house. So quite interesting and fun technologies uh, in this space to really play around with, too. I mean, the really the, the world is your oyster when it comes to Kubernetes these days. Nice. And if you like this is a shameless plug within a plug, <laughs> like if you want to look at. <laughs> Uh, what the humidity inside Ryan's office is. We, we, I think he already uploaded the demo on YouTube. Like you can find that on YouTube.com yeah. slash Facebook. So yeah, can, uh, feel free to do that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, take you could take a look at uh, what my office is doing. Uh, anyway, um, so you know we're 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 trying to keep the show um, kind of short and sweet. So we're we're towards the end here, and we we really want to just kind of take the time to uh, make sure we summarize what we're doing right in every one every one of these podcasts. We're going to try to summarize things for you. So that if you want to listen to the last five minutes, and then go for it. Um, I think what what we can't we got out of this is Kubernetes one dot two two is out. There's a lot of great things like uh, CSI support Windows. Um, what else did we say? It was. Uh, just announcements around etcd like moving to a more stable version newer version uh 3.5 but uh, uh, numerous amounts of bug fixes and just making it stable yeah exactly and 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 some of the pvc enhancements around getting data into your pvcs as well uh and then we talked about security and and, and some of the new reports that are uh coming out from the uh nsa and and how to harden your kubernetes environment and you know our, what we stressed is really just that you know keep in mind when you're going through these uh security articles and sort of hardening guides to keep in mind that kubernetes is just part of it uh your data management system also has to be hardened and uh, and really kind of adhere to you know, uh, these protocols and sort of suggestions as well uh, to keep all your data safe. Uh, and then lastly, Portworks 2.8 and PX Backup 2.0 are out. Uh, so please go ahead and enjoy them if you want to take a spin at running some data management on your Kubernetes. 
Oh, but you missed else? the biggest announcement. Like, oh, Tumhani's right. Bites is out. Like, that, that, that's the biggest thing that <laughs> happened, right? Tumhani's Bites is out. Yes, <laughs> that is right. So Kubernetes Bites, uh, this is episode number one. Uh, I hope if you're listening that you will stick around for some of the other topics. Uh, the next topic will be Kubernetes uh, 101 when it comes to storage. Actually, we'll probably cover even uh, what is uh, storage when it comes to Docker. So stay tuned. Uh, and if you want to give us feedback, there's a sort of send us a message button on our anchor URL and you can go ahead ahead and find that in the show notes as well and anywhere you can provide feedback to your podcasts wherever you listen to them definitely go ahead and do that yeah so uh, thank you for listening and uh, if you if you are listening to this share it with your friends uh, we will be on a, a bi-monthly or a one in two weeks cadence so keep an eye out subscribe to us um, and make sure you give us a thumbs up thank you thanks until next time take care Thank you for listening to the Kubernetes Bytes podcast.